Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. With me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Zirk. On today's show, Cal Barteski is one of 18 world-renowned artists participating in Seawalls, Artists for Oceans, where they're creating public artworks, participating in educational field excursions, cultural tours, and community service up in Churchill, Manitoba. Then we'll hear from Stacy Cardigan-Smith with a wonderful story about transcendental meditation and its positive effect on kids here in Winnipeg schools, helping them with confidence, focus, and schoolwork. Then we'll be joined by Christine Ahrens and Christy Nickel, co-hosts of A Winnipeg Slice here on CJNU. They'll give us a sneak peek of a couple of stories that they've been working on this week. And as always, we'll be joined by Noah Ehrenberg of Community News Commons, and he'll tell us about how Winnipeg's citizen journalism project, CNC, will be covering festival season this year in Winnipeg. We've got all this, some great music, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Hello and welcome to River City 360. Robert... How are you this fine June? It's officially the first day of summer yesterday. Did you know that? It is, yeah. It doesn't and really look like it outside well, when you see the, not uh, really. the ridiculous... But well, we have some really great summer festivals that are just on the horizon, which I'm really true. excited about. That's true. We've got Folk Fest. We've got the Fringe Festival happening in July. What are you Folklorama most excited for? August. Uh, I'd have to say, you know what? They're all wonderful festivals. Um Fringe Fest is a favorite of mine. I've uh, seen a lot of shows over the past few years, and always look forward to that. How about you? Uh, I like a good, I like a good folk fest. I think, I think I'm going to head out there. City in Color is one of the headliners this year, and they are a fantastic act. So yeah, that's probably my vote. But I mean, it's just the best walking around in Winnipeg if you're in the Exchange or anywhere. There's always something to do. So many options. As long as it's not raining. As long as it's yeah, that's Which the is only thing. Mildly annoying, but hopefully you can enjoy some music if you're stuck indoors right now. We're going to start things off with the Spitfire Band. We're going to strike up the band right here on River City 360.
Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan Bicknell here with you today, and we're now joined via telephone by Cal Barteski. She is a artist. She's the founder of the Polar Bear Fund, and she's actually one of 18 artists that it, that's uh, participating in the inaugural Seawalls Festival in Churchill from June 16th to 26th. Cal, thank you for joining us on the program again. Thanks for having me, Nolan. So what's the what's the motivation behind bringing 18 different artists up, up there to Churchill to create... Um, this public art sort of in the name of uh, ocean conservation? <laughs> well, you know what? I've been visiting Churchill for quite a few years now, and I don't know if you've been there, but there are quite a few dreary-looking buildings. And it's it's anything but a dreary place, and it's anything but a dreary landscape. And so I really I can't do a whole lot, Nolan. I'm an artist, but I can contribute with art. Well, yeah. I mean, what what's the connection? What's the motivation when you're up there and you're in nature and there's probably just beautiful inspiration everywhere you look? How how does that help the sort of artistic process for you? Oh, I think it's more inspiring than any location I've ever seen before. I found a lot of um, motivation for my work. I paint polar bears, and that is because of my experiences here in Churchill. And the experiences here in Churchill aren't limited to the polar bears. It's just one of the warmest, most welcoming communities I've ever, I've ever, I've ever visited. And I've been, of course, very, you know, up to date on the challenges that they've been having. So when we started talking about painting things in Churchill, I connected with the Pangeusi Foundation so that um, we can focus on the things that are great, not the things that are bad. Focus right. on the things that are awesome. So we're celebrating what's beautiful about Churchill and how Churchill is related to ocean health and how how the health of the ocean is really affecting the people here right now. So how are the people holding up over there? I understand the rail line is completely washed out right now. They had a brutal blizzard in in the winter, and that kind of the spring made, meant there was a lot more water there. So how how are people that you're interacting with holding up in Churchill? You know, the morale is really low. I mean, how many blows can one community sort of experience? And I think the general feeling is just, why isn't anyone helping? Why isn't anyone doing anything? And and they're tired. They're tired of one disaster after the other after the other without any real assistance. Do you you think there's a bit of a disconnect between people living in Winnipeg or living in the sort of urban areas and... Are they disconnected from people living in the north or near oceans when it comes to sort of the plight of of what it's like to live up there? Oh, for sure. And I think, like, me included. I started planning this festival from Winnipeg and had, you know, my own set of challenges and logistics planning something in such a remote location. But after the blizzard and after the plane or after the train, everything that we had done was sort of, you know, washed away, for a better word, and we had to kind of start over. So freight that was going on trains had to be rerouted and logistically it was a bit of a nightmare we couldn't bring what we thought we could bring and we didn't know what was going to be here when we got here but we decided to keep going because one of the things i've uh seen very clearly in churchill is that you just keep going and you do what you can with what you have so we brought all of our artists and our team and the painting started and people came people came from all over community members are driving by from site to site and talking with artists and engaging and asking questions and as the paintings progress they're getting sorry to paint a plug they're getting more there's and more there's a little bit of wind on your end there but it's okay <laughs> they're, 
getting more and more exciting, all of these pieces of art. And you can see the people, you can see their excitement. And we've been, I've been kind of monitoring a little bit of the Facebook posts where people are like, hey, this is amazing, and this is great, and this is so inspiring, and I love this piece, and I love that piece, and drive around. So it's, it's something for people to think about. And, and basically, I just wanted people to know that we see them. We see right. you. We see you. Yeah. You have value, and we want to do something for you, and this is what we can do. So that's obviously the goal is just to sort of bring awareness to how life is in the north. What do you think mm. what do you think yeah. um people need to know when it comes to the effects of climate change in the north and global warming just on a on a on a global scale in all of the country but specifically up up in the north? Yeah, absolutely. Just I mean, global warming is, is happening, and these these guys here are really experiencing that in a big way right now. They're kind of the frontline soldiers in a way. Mm-hmm. And and aside from the global warming, like this area is so important. The number of animals that come through here and migrate and spend summers or winters is is astronomical, and that's a real treasure. That's a gem. So I want to see the country. I want to see, you know, I want to see all of these people. I want to see everybody really start to appreciate the landscape and you know the beauty of it because it's you know what is the future if global warming continues. For sure. So a lot of these murals are celebrating the beauty of the North. Talk a little bit about the, uh, who are some of the artists that are participating in this and what's the sort of, what's what's the end goal of the Sea Walls Festival, or the, yeah, the Sea Walls Festival happening right now? <laughs> we have a long list of artists. Uh, we from all over the world, few, I understand, right? Yep. Yep. We have an amazing guy named Askew from New Zealand. We have Case McLean from Germany. We have Arlen Graf from Brazil, we have Georgia Hill from Australia, and we have a, an amazing collection also from Winnipeg. We have Charlie Johnston, that's like the biggest, greatest, you know, long-time mural artist from Winnipeg. I really wanted to find a collection of people and styles that were sensitive to the needs, and and all of the artists are volunteering to be here. They're, they're not getting paid. They're just supporters of the ocean, right. supporters of community, and, and supporters of of art so it's, it's really been a perfect little storm what has been their response to seeing churchill i would imagine some of them for the first time ever what, what what's been the response you know what the response to the to churchill from the artist has been so positive and so inspiring people are just in awe there's always a risk when you bring people to a place that you love that they might not love it <laughs> but they've just been really engaged we had a barbecue for the community and the artists got to spend time with the people. They got to tour around the landscapes. We've seen beluga whales and seals and, I don't know, so many birds I can't even I can't even count. So, you know what we're really waiting for, Nolan, is a polar bear. We want yeah. to see a polar bear cross our paths, and then this will be probably the most epic festival. The most majestic of all, for sure. What, yes. How important is nature when it's intertwined with art? Do you think that they go hand in hand all the time, or is it just your personal style that, that kind of takes nature <laughs> with it? Well, I think they go hand in hand all the time. But if there's a way that you can show people something they haven't seen before and you know inspire them to love it, that's, that's sort of our goal. Well said. So I've been kind of checking up on the Instagram page. There's some really cool shots and photos and, and a little bit of footage of people creating the murals, some not finished yet, some finished pieces. Where can people find this information and where can people sort of see the work after it's completed? You know what? We are going to be having our website kind of created and it'll be seawallschurchill.com. Cool. But we're also going to be having a small exhibit at Verde Juice Bar in Wosley 
with the uh, photos of all the murals. So that should be going up around July 1st. Oh, perfect. Well, maybe we'll here on River City 360 will come and check that out and we can uh, we can cover that as well because it's an amazing project and uh, yeah, thank you for taking the time to talk to us because it's a really cool thing that you're doing. Uh, I'm kind of jealous that you get to be up there and experiencing nature in all its glory right now, but uh, thanks I'll for talking to us. I'll bring you back 10,000 mosquitoes. Oh yeah, geez. Hopefully <laughs> it doesn't get too, too bad down here, but yeah, thanks so much Cal Barteski. She is the founder of the Polar Bear Fund at the Winnipeg Foundation and one of 18 artists at the inaugural Sea Walls Festival up in Churchill taking place from June 16th to 26th. Cal, thank you so much for talking to us. Good luck with the rest of your uh, festival up there and uh, yeah, take care. Thanks, Nolan. Thanks, Nolan, and thanks again to Cal Barteski for taking the time to speak with us today. Hope you have a wonderful experience during the rest of your time in Churchill. Coming up after the break, we'll have a feature story from the Working Together magazine, which is published by the Winnipeg Foundation. RC360 Stacy Cardigan-Smith will tell us all about how Transcendental Meditation is helping kids here in Winnipeg with focus, concentration, and how to deal with frustration. Before we get to that, here is Trini Lopez with Around the World, right here on River City 360. Around the world, I've searched for you. I traveled on when hope was gone to keep a rendezvous. I knew somewhere, sometime, somehow, you look at me and I would see that smile you're smiling now. Have been in County Town, in Mexico, in Gapery, or even London Town. No more will I go all around the world, for I have found my world in you. Listening to River City 360. Coming up next is a story filed by senior producer Stacy Cardigan Smith. She recently wrote an article in the most recent Working Together publication from the Winnipeg Foundation, all about how teachers and doctors are using a unique meditation technique to help children with their schooling and in life. Stacy. So. Same routine as always, just close the eyes, wait about half a minute, and then start your meditation. It's 9.15 a.m., and students at Songhetoan School on Selkirk Avenue are meditating. 
Their faces are calm, they're breathing regular, and even the ambulance siren heard through the open window doesn't disturb them. About 20 students have been practicing transcendental meditation over the past few weeks, and the changes they've seen in that brief time are numerous. Here's 16-year-old student Kevin Smith. It, it affects my life in, in many ways, you know, like, it helps me with, uh, like, doing schoolwork, just keeps me really focused, like, you know, like, when I do it in the morning, uh, right after a shower, it just, like, like, wakes me up, you know, and keeps me uh, energized, very energized just keeps my mind clear of all the negative thoughts and everything, you know? When I wasn't doing TM, I was more of a quiet person, but now I can actually like, like relate to people more better. 18-year-old Jada Sanderson has had a similar experience. It like gives me peace of mind and I feel like just makes me more calmer, like in situations that I'm usually not as common. Sometimes we'll come up here and we're, like, I'll be so like, nervous and like I'll be so like anxious to have anxiety and then when I meditate it helps with that a lot. These comments don't surprise psychologist Dr. Kathy Moser and meditation teacher Haya Green who established the quiet time program at Songetawin, a school for students who have a difficulty functioning in a traditional classroom setting. Dr. Moser has personally been meditating for more than 30 years and recently established a fund at the Winnipeg Foundation to support transcendental meditation programming. In my practice uh, in psychology, I use I've been using meditation for t training students who have all sorts of difficulties um, in our groups for anger management, anxiety, attention deficit, and so we use mindfulness meditation and we've been doing that for numerous years. And um, I saw the amazing benefits on children. It was just they take to it and uh, you reinforce it and they practice it and it's fantastic. Dr. Moser has also found meditation helps students develop better self-esteem. When you meditate and get in touch with your real self, you, and that's part of what we hope is that you realize that you're an awesome person and human being and once you have that realization then you can be much more self-assured because you don't have to be worried about what anybody thinks you right. Meditation teacher Haya Green shares similar sentiments and explains how transcendental meditation can be particularly beneficial. You know how they, they have that saying true happiness doesn't lie out there. True happiness lies within but then they don't tell you where that is or how to get there but the, it is a real thing. True happiness does lie within we just have to have access to it. And access is actually, it's a very natural process once you have the technique of allowing the mind, the outward directed mind, which is always through the senses, to turn within and transcend. Transcend is key. This is the, this is the difference between transcendental meditation and any other kind of meditation out there because it allows the mind to turn within and transcend in a very natural way. The Quiet Time program encourages people to meditate twice a day for between 10 and 20 minutes a time, depending on age. Participants recite a mantra internally to help with the meditation. Here's Haya Green again. And so what we're trying to do with Transcendental Meditation is give them access to inner resources that they can tap into in a very natural way, which will improve their lives from within give them more coping skills, more abilities, increase their IQ, make them calmer, more relaxed, engage the prefrontal cortex, which is the CEO of the brain, which when it's under stress actually shuts down and puts people in, into a fight or flight state of reactiveness all the time. Not a good place from which to make good decisions 
not a place, a good place for learning. We're trying to give them these tools to expand the container of knowledge while we're trying to get them to learn the knowledge rather than just cramming knowledge into their brains, giving them the tools so that they can open up that container and take it all in and focus better. These reasons were a big draw for Songhetoan coordinator and teacher Karen Paripa, who helped introduce the program at the school, which is a satellite location of Nijimakwa. Um, it's increased some students' attendance. I've noticed differences in the classroom with how students handle um, things that happen to them, questions that they're unable to do, um, frustration in the classroom. They seem to be, be better problem solvers and uh, more willing to ask for help. I also feel like doing the group meditations brings us closer together as a group. So I think that some of the kids who chose to be trained as meditators feel um, their self-concept and their identification with the other people who meditate um, is, is extremely evident. I see kids talking about their meditation experiences downstairs and um, that's really important to me as well. The Quiet Time program was developed in the U.S. and is now active in more than 350 schools there and in 30 countries around the world. The movement has been supported by a foundation established by film director David Lynch, and it has had great success working with students in less advantaged areas, as well as with veterans, refugees, homeless people, and many others. Funding is not currently available for the program in Canada. Locally, the Quiet Time program was piloted with students at Nijimakwa School in the 2014-15 school year. Dr. Moser funded it that first year to gauge the feasibility, and the Winnipeg Foundation has provided a grant in each of the past two years. Dr. Moser has also established a donor-advised fund at the Winnipeg Foundation to support transcendental meditation programming for young people. She believes that transcendental meditation has the power to create connections all over Winnipeg. Ultimately, the hope is that children across the city will learn how to meditate and that um, we will connect students across the city uh, who are meditating and that they will be able to sort of come together and recognize that they do um, can feel a connection. Dr. Moser also believes the program could be beneficial to those who are living on reserves. I also see it as an amazing program that we could be using in remote communities to give young people a connection to make their lives um, more livable and to have a sense of um, that there's something bigger than, that, than what they have to deal with every day. And if we can do that, I think we will um, create you know, communities that are a lot stronger. So that could be awesome. For River City 360, I'm Stacy Cardigan-Smith. Thanks, Stacy. And just a reminder, you can find this story and many more in the most recent edition of Working Together magazine, which you can find on the Winnipeg Foundation's website at wpgftn.org. Coming up after the break, we'll be joined in studio by Christine Ahrens and Christy Nickel, co-hosts of a new summer segment on CJNU called A Winnipeg Slice. You might have heard it uh, running every day, Monday to Friday.
Christy and Christine are going to be bringing us stories about a little piece of Winnipeg all summer long, and every week on the show we're going to be learning about two of the stories that they've been working on, and that's coming up right after this. We've got Peggy Lee with Till There Was You, right here on River City 360. Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you today. And we're now joined in studio by Christine Ahrens, one half of the co-hosts of A Winnipeg Slice, the best new thing on CJNU. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm quite well, thank you. So how has A Winnipeg Slice been going, first of all? How have, how has it been delivering all these stories and learning so much about the uh, Winnipeg world? It's been really great. Uh, I didn't know how much was going on in the city every week. So it's been awesome for me to attend all these different events, learn what's going on. And it's been a lot of fun to see all these different people coming together. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Hey, so this week, one of the story, one of the many stories that you're covering are about, okay, I got to get this right. The effective speaking competition for the Air Cadet League of Canada. Yes, quite a mouthful. So tell me a little bit about what happens at this event and, and what exactly these Air Cadets are doing. Definitely. So uh, if you're like me, I had no idea what this was, but apparently it happens every year, uh, changes cities every year. And uh, this year, it was the first time in 10 years to be hosted in Winnipeg, which is great. And the provincial chair, Doug McLennan, told me a little bit about what it took to prepare this event. We've uh, been preparing for the last two years, basically, to host uh, approximately 75 delegates and uh, national uh, 
boards of governors and, uh, and their spouses in Winnipeg. So what exactly happens at the effective speaking competition for the Air Cadet League of Canada? What are, what are they, what's the competition all about? So basically a cadet from each province and territory, they present two speeches. Uh, once on a topic that they've known for months, they've prepared, they've been practicing, and they have five minutes to present it. And the other one's on a topic that the judges will tell them that day what it is. And they have, I think, about 10 minutes to come up with a speech and present it. Uh, but what's really cool is that these cadets were anywhere from 13 to 18 years old and they're all competing together. So the topics that they covered, it was things like whether or not drones should be considered progress or threat to our society. Just oh. things that I would never even That's heavy. think Potentially about. Potentially really heavy debates. So are they going like back and forth in a debate format or are they just give an impassioned speech kind of like just one a at speech. a time? Yeah, okay. so one at a time they come up. Uh, they don't actually tell you any of the cadets' names. It's just all by number. So one of the girls that came up, she was 13 years old, wow. does this drone speech, which was amazing. She nailed it. And then a few people later, uh, some of them have to double up on topics. An older kid did the drone speech and it was totally different. And it was really cool to see how the same topic can have so many different things about it to learn. Very true. One of the cadets that I sat down with is from Manitoba, Cody Lincoln. And he's been practicing a speech for months. And even though he was nervous, he was telling me how he's more focused about helping out the new competitors feel comfortable. I've done it before, so I know what to expect. Um, and I just try and, you know, comfort some of the other competitors because they don't know exactly what to uh, expect. I, I, I imagine the cadets are obviously trained to look out for one another. It's probably a brotherhood or a sisterhood and they, it sounds like they look out for each other even though they're competing with one another. Definitely. So Cody's been actually participating in this competition since he was 13 and since his mom has been supporting him all these years, she's noticed how each competitor has gotten more confident with each year. As a mom, I noticed that when I came with his first competition that, um, you know, all kids started to use papers, had cue cards, and every year the bar is set higher and higher. And they're coming now that it's, it's rare that they're using that. Um, they're all well-polished, well-researched, and uh, they're, they're just becoming great speakers for their province, for their youth, everything, yeah. It sounds like a quite an impressive group of kids. So how did Cody do in the competition? So Cody's topic was how did Vimy Ridge contribute to Canada's recognition as a nation? I'll let you listen to the intro of his speech before I tell you about the results. It is 1917. Sunrise creeps above the horizon. Artillery shells whistle overhead and men scream on the ground. The thrum of cannon fire echoes in the distance. The concussion of the explosions pierce your ears and seal the air from your lungs. What I loved about his speech is that Cody really painted a picture about the day and he did it without slipping up a single time. He ended up placing second and first place went to Samantha Kiao of New Brunswick. Very cool. So congratulations to Cody. That's very exciting. Manitoba Manitoba boy got second place. Congratulations to him. Uh, yeah, this is a really cool, cool story. Thank you for sharing it because uh, I think not a lot of people have heard of the... Wait, 
effective speaking competition for the Air Cadet League of Canada. And uh, yeah, it's cool that it took place in Winnipeg and that a Manitoba, Manitoba strong finished second. So uh, thank you, Christine Aarons, for telling us all about it. Thank you for having me. And we'll uh, good luck on, well, we'll be listening for you on CJNU for all your Winnipeg slices this week. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks, Nolan, and thanks, Christine. After a short musical break, we'll hear from your co-host, Christy Nichol, and we'll hear all about the Winnipeg Humane Society's Pause in Motion event and how you and your pet can get involved. But before we get to that, here is Wheel of Fortune by the Bell Sisters, right here on River City 360. Listening to River City 360, Nolan Bicknell here with you this morning, and we're now joined in studio by a very special guest. We've got Christy Nickel, one half of the co-hosts from A Winnipeg Slice, a brand new segment here on CJNU that you may have heard every single day, Monday to Friday. Christy, thank you for joining us. Thank you. So, 
tell us a little bit about a Winnipeg Slice. What have you been working on this week? I understand uh, you met with one of the event coordinators at uh, at the Humane Society. So uh, tell us a little bit about your experience. I did. So we are, um, or they are ramping up to do a walkathon this coming Sunday. It is called Pause in Motion, and it's for people and their pets to get out and have a day together. Um, I don't have any animals myself, but I would still attend this because it sounds like so much fun. Um, I've been having puppy fever lately too, so <laughs> I would like to go just to pet all the animals around. So it's basically a marathon, but you get to walk with your pets and not just yourself? Exactly, Very but cool. it's a walk-a-thon, so you don't have to worry about being too in, in shape to do it. So you don't even have to be a part of the walk. Uh, you don't even have to have an animal to attend. You just show up and have fun. And if you do participate, it's not anything crazy like a 20K walk. It's not a marathon. Uh, it's a pretty doable, pretty doable for most people. Here's Kyle Jans, one of the event coordinators for this event. The walkathon is three kilometers long, and there's also a bit of a shortcut as well for those who might not be able to take their dog the entire way around. So it's a it's a nice little medium sized walk that we get everyone out and involved in, and uh, not too big of a commitment either for anyone who might be concerned about it being too strenuous. I like the idea of a shortcut because if I had an older dog or someone who couldn't maybe make the full uh, full amount of the of the uh, trip I can bring him and or her and not worry about getting stuck in the middle of the course with a tired old dog. Exactly and I know that they have water for both pets and humans along the way so if it's a really hot day you don't have to worry about staying hydrated they've got that covered for you. I'm pretty sure they even have pet pools for them to cool down in and a bunch of other cool things to enjoy too that day. Uh, it sounds like a really great day. I'm uh, Here's some registration info if you want to take part in the walk. It's never too late to register. You can absolutely come the day of, and we'll be happy to get you all signed up. Registration for an individual is $10 per person, or if you're coming in as a family with two adults and two kids, there's a special family rate of $30. So what types of animals, what types of paws are going to be in motion at the uh, Paws in Motion event? (laughs) I actually had the same question for Kyle. Uh, It's any kind of pet paws that you might have at home, but uh, Kyle does talk about one restriction that they have, so have a listen. All types of paws. The only restriction is that they have to make sure that their pet is on a leash. We've had uh, we've had cats, we've had lizards, we've had a little bit of everything come throughout the past. So it's always really exciting to show up the day of and, and see what kind of animals are going to be there for us. But all paws are in motion, absolutely. So a lizard on a leash, it's not something I've ever seen before, but hey, at Paws in Motion, you never know what you're going to see, I guess. Uh, so if anyone out there is interested in taking place in the, uh, or in participating in Paws in Motion this weekend, where can they find more information? Check out their events page on winnipeghumanesociety.ca to learn more or to register for Paws in Motion. It's this Sunday, June 25th at Assiniboine Park. Christine Eckel, one half of a Winnipeg Slice. Thank you so much for talking to us today and uh, good luck with the rest of your stories this week. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Christy, and thank you, Nolan. Coming up after the break, Noah Ehrenberg, the convener of Community News Commons, is on his way into the studio to discuss the latest from citizen journalists right here in our city. Before we get to that, here is Gene Pitney with I Want to Love My Life Away, right here on River City 360. Yeah, I want to love my life away. I want to love my life away. I want to love, 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 love my life away with you. Ooh. I want you hugging my pop in the morning, my pop. All your kissing the late ass. Sweet talk in the sun. 
City 360. Nolan Rob here with you today. And now we're joined in studio by Noah Ehrenberg, the convener of community news, comments, friend of the show, and just the best part of RC360 every week. <laughs> hey, it's the best part of my oh, week. Oh, perfect. Week. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How's it going with you? Quite well. We're surviving. We're thriving. Excellent. We're uh, talking about Winnipeg, as we always are. And one of the interesting parts of community news commons is seeing stories from a different angle. And that's what CNC always brings to the table. So what are some of the stories that are being published on Community News Commons this week? Well, actually, a really good story I like this week is um, part of our partnership that we have with Canada Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, CNC has been doing some, uh, CNC reporters have been doing some uh, stories about the upcoming Canada Games. And uh, one of the stories uh, this week has to do with uh, the torchbearers. Uh, there's a number of torchbearers from Winnipeg and from other parts of Manitoba that will be um, participating in a torch run that uh, will be um, ushering in the Canada Games in July. And uh, so there's a number of people who uh, have the honor of doing this. And um, uh, our reporter Armand Martin has done a profile of one of those torchbearers, and that is Jonathan Nimchuk, who is the Pride Winnipeg president. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's a very interesting story about, um, well, about Pride Winnipeg and about what it's like to be the president of such an organization mm-hmm. and the honor uh, that it um, that uh, that he's um, chosen as a torchbearer. And um, sort of a little background on, um, uh, you know, some of the different things that have been happening with regards to Pride Winnipeg and, um, you know, a few of the controversies that uh, came up this year with regards to the parade and um, whether or not they would allow police officers in uniform um, to march in the parade huh. and sort of the debate around that. So, um, you know, Armand doesn't um, shy away from, from that type of uh, controversy in the story, but she also looks at uh, Jonathan, um, his, you know, his um, uh, his past in terms of uh, uh, why, you know, why he chose to, um, you know, become the president of uh, Pride Winnipeg and uh, as well as um, sort of some of the uh, t- types of um, things he brings to the table cool. when it comes to being a, a torchbearer. It's cool to see those different angles on stories that you're not going to necessarily see in the mainstream media. And mm-hmm. uh, it's the summer of festivals, so we're obviously going to have a lot of stories about the summer games, probably uh, 
Jazz Fest, which is happening right now. Fringe Fest is coming up. What what is there some going to be? Is there going to be more coverage of all the festivals here in Winnipeg uh, and and Manitoba coming up this on CNC as well? Yeah, it's one of the better parts of uh, community news commons is the opportunity for citizen reporters to go out into the, the community and to do reviews of various show, uh, shows. Uh, something like a festival like Folkorama is a great example. But the Fringe is, I think, one of my favorite uh, types of. Uh, of events for uh, CNC reporters to get involved in because they're able to go out um, and uh, see a show uh, and do a review really quickly and we put it on the site very quickly and uh, within a matter of uh, you know the first few days of Fringe we, we've just got a whole bunch of reviews that uh, that come in and uh, we're able to put a page um, on its own on CNC that looks at all of the different Fringe reviews and uh, I do have some um, uh, Fringe uh, uh, media accreditation forms, and nice. I've uh, I've uh, already talked to about three or four CNC reporters. I'm sure there's room for a couple more. So if anybody in our audience is interested in doing some fringe reviews and wants to go to a couple of shows, they should just contact me here at the Winnipeg Foundation at Community News Commons. They it can call me at two zero four nine four four. 9474 extension two four two. It's really interesting reading reviews from regular old Joes, you know, people on CNC who mm -hmm. have become citizen reporters and who are just like you and I, who are watching these shows, not through the lens of a professional, you know, drama critic or someone who's been, but it's just people who are going to the shows and enjoying them just as a regular citizen would. So it's kind of an interesting lens in which you can, you can learn about fringe plays and, and learn about uh, the, because there's so many and it's tough. You can't possibly see them all. So it's good to have CNC as a resource to see, okay, would I like this? You know, it sounds kind of interesting but but what is what does the average joe think so i think it's a cool cool angle for sure mm -hmm. it is a really cool angle so no at the end of our time together pretty much every week we ask you to bring us a song that our listeners may not have heard but something that's from a little bit of homegrown talent here in winnipeg or in the surrounding area so what have you got for us this week well this week i have the uh indie rock outfit that's known as mise-en-scene oh yeah, yeah great terrific band. band they've uh they just released an album yesterday at the goodwill uh, they had their, um, they celebrated their, uh, their album release. Uh, the album is called Still Life on Fire, and uh, that was at the Goodwill yesterday. They had, um, it was part of uh, this year's uh, TD Winnipeg International Jazz Festival. So uh, that was very successful, and um, they have turned a lot of heads mm -hmm. in the music industry. Mise en scene in a has. short amount of time, too. Exactly. So uh, I wanted to just feature them because um, they are uh, really uh, a great band, up and coming, and uh, I think they're. They're uh, headed to a lot of success uh, in the months and years ahead. So I wanted to feature a song from their uh, album called Still Life on Fire. This single is called Closer, and this is mise-en-scene on River City 360 with Robert Zirk and Nolan Bicknell on 93.7 CJNU.
Thanks again to Noah Ehrenberg for sitting down and telling us all about Community News Commons. We've got time for one more song before we have to say goodbye for today. So here's uh, Mills Brothers with Nevertheless, I'm in Love With You, right here on River City 360. Maybe I'm right and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm weak and maybe I'm strong. But nevertheless, I'm in love with you. Crying the blues But nevertheless I'm in love With you Somehow I know at a glance The terrible chances I'm taking Fine at the start that left with a heart that is breaking Maybe I'll live a life of regret And maybe I'll give much more than I'll get But nevertheless I'm in love with you The terrible chances I'm taking Fine at the start Then left with a heart That is breaking Maybe I'll live A life of regret And maybe I'll give much more than I'll get But nevertheless I'm in love With you But nevertheless I'm in love With you Welcome back to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you in studio. And now it's time for a segment we like to call This Week in Winnipeg. There are a lot of interesting events that are taking place this weekend and beyond, so we figured we'd highlight a few of those for you. The first one is called Post-Colonial Postcards. It's presented by Dalnavert Museum and Visitor Center, which is here in downtown Winnipeg. And what it is, it's part museum tour, but also part theater as well. So as you take a tour through the museum, you get to see theatrical sort of snapshots of what life was like back then. You get to see a scene um, and then you move on throughout the rest of the museum. So that is taking place every day through June 30th with the exception of Mondays and Tuesdays and performances take place at 7 and 8 p.m. And that is happening at Dalnavert Museum and Visitor Center 61 Carlton Street. Admission is $15. 
Now, if you're looking for something to do outdoors, there is the 12th annual Winnipeg Brain Tumor Walk taking place Saturday, June 24th at Assiniboine Park. You can walk a two and a half kilometer or a five kilometer route. Registration opens at 8.30 a.m. with the walk starting at 10. In addition to the walk, there's also refreshments, a kids zone, entertainment, and a barbecue lunch as well. So you can, uh, again, that is taking place Saturday, June 24th at Assiniboine Park. You can get more information by contacting the Brain Tumor Walk Help Desk at 1-800-265-5106, extension 250. And if you're looking to venture a little bit beyond the perimeter, it's actually close to my hometown, you can check out the Manitoba Highland Gathering. It's a non-profit event that celebrates Scottish culture and heritage. It's actually celebrating its 51st year. And there are a lot of different events going on as part of the gathering. There's dancing, there are the heavy games, there's entertainment, all sorts of fun things taking place uh, this Saturday, June 24th, and Sunday, June 25th, from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. both days. And that is happening at Legacy Park in East Selkirk, which uh, is at the corner of Highway 59 and Provincial Road 212. It's actually just behind, if you know where the East Selkirk Arena is, it's just behind there, so that'll be taking place outdoors as well. Tickets range from $6 to $10 for individuals, and for a family it's $24, so be sure to check that event out as well. That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and a huge thank you to all of our guests for talking to us either in studio or on the phone. If you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg, listen to any of our past episodes, or if you'd like to subscribe to our podcast, please visit us online. The address is rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org. River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with CJNU 93.7 FM. And we'd love to hear your feedback. Please give us a call on our listener line. It's open 24-7, so no matter when you're listening, you can leave us a quick message about the show. We would love to hear from you. Our number is 204-944-9474, extension 360. Again, you can leave us some feedback about the show suggest a topic for a future show or if you'd li- if there's a particular song that you'd like to hear that would brighten up your day give us a call again our number is 204-944-9474 extension 360 you can find us on twitter and facebook as well by searching at river city 360 on twitter and river city 360 on facebook as well I'm Nolan Bicknell signing off for River City 360. And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great day and a great week.